You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Well, it's good to see you guys today. How are we doing today, City Church? Yeah. We are going to have a good time together today. I also want to welcome those of you that are worshiping in the video cafe, as well as those of you that are worshiping online today. And I want to get you up to speed if you weren't here last week. We started a series called 21 Days of Prayer. Now, last week, I brought some live little chickens uh, on stage. Those of you that were here saw the little chickens. We've got several of you asking questions about what happened to the chickens? Where are they now? And Pastor Humby told me to tell you they were delicious, okay? <laughs> Just a joke. They're in a good home uh, out in someone's chicken coop. Uh, out in Bernie, Texas right now. Uh, but the reason that we brought the chickens here, the little chicks, they were the fuzzy little cute ones, you know, uh, because those little chicks will stay in a warm environment in their eggs for 21 days before they hatch. There's already life inside the egg, but it breaks through the egg after 21 days. Therefore, we have to be patient with our prayers. God is working and moving, but we have to wait to break through to see God's answer to our prayers. And so we made this commitment to pray through to break through. So when you're stressed out about something, you pray through to break through to a place of peace. When you are having troubles in a relationship, you pray through to break through to peace in that relationship. When your career's not going the way you want it to, you pray through to break through, uh, to, to, to get, come to a place of peace in that. When uh, you're not dating and uh, you want to date, you don't get on Tinder, but you pray through to break through to find the right person. So would you guys say that series declaration with me out loud when I point to you? Here's how we'll do it. I'll say the first half. I'll point to you and you'll say the second half. You ready? Here we go. Pray through to... Breakthrough. I hope you'll remember that in the future. And I have the sense that some of you are going to remember that one big idea five years from now. You're going to remember, you're going to have a prayer request that's heavy on your heart, and you're going to remember pray through to break through. And some of you, years after you prayed for certain things, you're going to see the breakthrough happen and thank God uh, for what he did. And I will encourage you for your endurance in prayer. Now, one of the things that we talked about last week was praying with fasting. And so many of us started fasting last Sunday, and we're going to be fasting until January the 27th. If you want to start our fasting, you can, uh, if you didn't start last week, you can start today uh, fasting from something. Uh, you can do 14 days of fasting and prayer if you weren't here last week. And we committed to fast from a lot of things. Some people are fasting from food and just drinking water. Others are fasting, doing like what's called the Daniel fast, where you just eat fruits and vegetables, drink water. Others are fasting from particular things, you know, like a partial fast, like fasting from meat or chocolate or coffee or uh, sodas or whatever. Um, some people are fasting from just dinnertime meal. Uh, some people are fasting one day uh, during the week. Um, others are fasting from media, like social media, TV, Netflix, internet, whatever like that. Some are doing customized fasts where they'll fast from social media and then also fast from meat and chocolate or whatever. Uh, whatever uh, you sense you're to fast from, do so because that helps us to break 
breakthrough in prayer. Now, another thing that we did that you can see on the front of the stage if you're here in the theater is you can see these little white magnets on the front of the stage. And these are the prayer requests last week that we wrote down that we're gonna pray for during these 21 days of prayer. And if you didn't get to do that last week, we'll have a prayer moment later on in the service where you can come down and write your prayer request and stick it down on the bottom of the stage. If you're worshiping in the video cafe, we'll have magnets over there. You can just set them on the stage there in the cafe and we'll gather those up later and bring them here into the theater because we'll be praying for every single one of these requests along with you uh, to see that you have a breakthrough in your prayer. Now, this week, I want to address a problem in prayer because for some of us, prayer is a problem. When I was a brand new Christ follower, I had the problem of not feeling like anyone was there when I was praying. I was very easily distracted and I didn't know how to break through into the presence of God and really experience him there. And one of the reasons is I didn't have a plan. Do you ever feel like I used to feel in prayer where you feel like you're just sitting there talking into the air and that no one's really there listening or that your mind just wanders and you daydream and you think about other things? Anybody struggle with that besides me? Uh, Well, today, I want to show you a plan that will help you to break through in prayer. And this plan is called the Tabernacle Prayer. Um, uh, And I learned this from a guy, a pastor and author named Chris Hodges. And he says to break through into experiencing the presence of God in prayer, we have to understand Hebrews chapter 10. Look at verse 19 with me. You can look on your phone, your physical Bible, or on screen. It says there, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and, look at those next couple of words, life-giving way through the curtain, and we're going to come back to that curtain here in just a minute, into the most holy place. So prayer is actually designed to be a life-giving experience, not some boring experience where your mind is wandering and you feel like you're just talking into the air. It's designed to bring life when when you do it right. And this was a big deal. It was a big change for the Jewish people who heard this in Hebrews because they were used to bringing all their requests to the priests. They couldn't go into the direct presence of God. They would give it to the priests. And no doubt some of you have grown up in religious environments, perhaps Catholicism, where you relied very heavily on the priest and never realized your authority and ability to go right to God in prayer. Now, I understand also that some of you are new to church. And when I'll talk about the tabernacle, you're like, what's a tabernacle? Okay, it sounds kind of religious, but I have no idea what a tabernacle is. Well, I visited a tabernacle, like a life-size replica of the tabernacle in in, uh, Israel. It was near a place called Timnah there in Israel, and it was a fascinating place. I brought a picture, uh, an artist rendering of what the tabernacle looked like uh, during the days of the Jewish people when they were wandering through 
the desert. Now, you got to understand why they were in this tabernacle, because they didn't have a church building, but they just come through the Red Sea. Remember the movie Ten Commandments and Prince of Egypt, where the ocean parted, they walked through, they escaped from the evil Pharaoh in Egypt, and now they're in the wilderness, and they're wandering around. And they didn't have their own church building. They were doing mobile church, kind of like what we used to do here at City Church downtown before we had our own building. We had to set everything up and take it down, and we'd move from uh, place to place. But you can see there kind of a tent wall around the outside. You can see a few people milling around uh, in that area inside that tent wall. And those, uh, that area is called the outer court. Say the words outer court. Good. And then you can see that other tent there where there's light shining. Uh, that represents the presence of God. Well, that tent uh, c- contains two rooms. One is called the holy place. And then the inner sanctum, right where that light's coming out, that would be what's called the holy of holies or the most holy place. So you got outer court, holy place. And then what's the third one? Holy of holies. Very, very Good. Now, I have had some times of breaking through into God's presence by praying a prayer based on this tabernacle. Did you get your handouts of the tabernacle, by the way, when you came in? Hold those up so I can see some of those. Good, good, good. Okay, I'm going to walk you through this, uh, this tabernacle prayer. Now, I'm not going to spoon feed you all the words you're going to say. It's more like a template. You can fill in some of the words. But the experience today is not going to be like just a sermon, but it's going to be more like me guiding you through this prayer. And I want to encourage you to consider praying the tabernacle prayer during your private prayer times this week. I'll be praying the tabernacle prayer every day. And look, there have been times, not every time, but there have been times that I've prayed this prayer in my private Uh, prayer times, and I break through into the presence of God. And I don't know why, but the tears just come. I mean, not just a little leakage of testosterone through my eye socket, but like I'm heaving, like having an asthma attack, kind of crying, you know, (laughs) you know, because I'm just so overwhelmed with the presence of God with me. It's a, it's an overwhelming love experience with him. You sense you're in the presence of someone amazing and great, but it's all this love and acceptance all at the same time time. And so today I'm going to guide you through this prayer. And I hope that you'll have some experiences of breakthrough as you utilize the tabernacle prayer. Now, remember the progression. You start out, the priest would start out in the outer court, right? And then he would go to the next part of the tabernacle, which is called the what? Holy place. Good. And then ultimately he wants to end up where? Holy of holies, good. Remember that progression throughout our prayer time together. Now, as, you, as the priest would start out in the outer court, the first thing that he would see is something called the brazen altar. I brought a picture of perhaps what the brazen altar looked like. On the top there, where it's kind of dark in coloration, uh, that would have been like a big barbecue pit where animals were slaughtered and sacrificed and thrown on the grill. Now, when I say thrown on the grill there, don't think delicious Texas barbecue grill. Think like a bloody mess in a religious sacrifice. And thank God we don't have to like sacrifice animals in our worship these days because Jesus 
was our sacrifice. He died on the cross to pay for our sins. And when we start out in the tabernacle prayer, as we take this journey through the tabernacle, the brazen altar here represents to you and I in the new covenant, the New Testament days, the cross of Christ, the sacrifice that was made there. And so when you pray through the tabernacle prayer, you reflect first on the cross. You think about the cross. You pray to God and thank God for the cross. So would you pray this out loud with me uh, when I point to you? God, thank you for the cross. Ready? Here we go. God, thank you for the cross. And look, what you just did when you said, God, thank you for the cross, you just did the first part of the tabernacle prayer. And you can say more to God in your private prayer times. Some of you are new to church. You're what we call our spiritual investigators, and you're considering a relationship with God. Well, look, the first step is the brazen altar. The first step for you is to understand the cross if you want a relationship with God. And so you can just simply at any time while I'm talking in your private prayer time, whenever you want to, you can pray, God, I choose to believe that when Jesus died on that cross, he died there to pay the penalty for my sins. Jesus, I trust you died for me. You just say that in your heart and head and you have a relationship with Almighty God because of the cross. He accomplished everything. You don't have to do anything. You just receive it into your life. But as we continue in prayer, you started out, the first thing you would see in the tabernacle would be that brazen altar, but the next thing that you're gonna come to is something called the laver. And I think I brought a picture of the laver as well. The priest would go to the laver and they could see their face in the reflection of the water there. And when we go to the Lord in prayer, we have to reflect upon our lives and ask God, God, is there any sin in my life that I need to deal with to confess and turn from and repent of? And another thing that the priests would do at the laver is they would wash their hands in a ceremonial way. They would also wash their feet because they had to be clean like a spiritual shower, if you will, um, before they could go into the next phase, the holy place. And you know, in the New Testament of the Bible, John tells us that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And you know, some of us uh, have, uh, could use a spiritual shower, right? Uh, most of you took a shower before you came to church today. Some of you didn't, and we know that when you raise your hands in worship, right? But... But before we go into the presence of God, we want to cleanse our souls, and we do that through confession. And so that's why I want to take just a moment for us to be silent and reflect. You can close your eyes. You can look down. You can look up. You can look wherever uh, if you want to, whatever you need to do to reflect and ask God, God, by your spirit, show me if there's been any hateful attitude or action in my heart that I need to confess to you. Holy Spirit, show me if I've got bitterness in my heart towards some other person, show me if there's something I've done that's offensive to you, God. So let's just take a moment and be silent before the Lord before we confess those things.
Well, as the Spirit has spoken things to your heart, I'd like us together to pray this next prayer out loud to confess our sins. Don't worry. I'm not going to have you confess whatever came to your mind. God knows that, and only God needs to know that. Um, But let's say this prayer out loud as you see it on the screen. Ready? God, please forgive me of my sins that came to mind. I choose to repent of sin. I offer you my body and my mind. For some of you, that felt real good to get that off your chest before the Lord today. And you can do that in your private prayer times as well. Just like we need a physical shower every day, (laughs) most days, uh, (laughs) we also need a spiritual shower by confession of sin. Now, you see the progression. Remember, we go from the outer court to the holy place. Well, the priest just washed, and now they're entering into the holy place. And the next thing that they'll see inside the holy place is what's called the candlestick. Now, the candlestick represents the Holy Spirit of God. And you'll notice that there are seven candles there, and they represent the seven benefits of the Holy Spirit that you would find if you studied through Isaiah chapter 11. And so when we go to the candlestick in our private prayer times, we want to say, Holy Spirit, welcome to work and move in my life. And so I put up a series of prayers or declarations or things that we can say to the Holy Spirit. And let's say those things out loud together. Ready? Here we go. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom for decisions. Holy Spirit, give me understanding of my circumstances. Holy Spirit, give me counsel on what to do. Holy Spirit, give me the might to do it. Holy Spirit, give me knowledge how to live. Holy Spirit, I respect and honor you. So Holy Spirit, we're welcoming you uh, in this room today to do all the things that we've just asked of you and move and give people wisdom about the circumstances that they're going through and give them the might and the power to obey you in the ways that you've called us to live. So as the priest would continue in the holy place, the next thing he would see is what's called the table of showbread. I brought a picture of that and what would happen inside the tabernacle there in the holy place at the table of showbread is the priests, they would make sure that when the bread went stale, they would bake some brand new bread and bring fresh, hot bread to put it on that table. Some of you who are fasting from bread right now just said, Pastor Doug, you just had to do that, right? I mean, you're thinking of your favorite breadsticks at a restaurant, you know, Uh, and sorry to do that to you. But uh, the bread represents the word of God. Now, Jesus is also called the word of God, and he's called the bread of life. And so when we come before the Lord at the showbread table, we're saying, hey, Jesus, you are the bread of life. Speak a word to me through your holy and inspired word uh, that's like fresh bread for my soul that I delight in, see? Some of you hadn't gotten a word from God in a long time. And as you pray the tabernacle prayer, you ask, God, please bring me a fresh word in my life. And so let's pray that prayer together. God, please give me a fresh word. Ready? Here we go. God, please give me a fresh word. God, we want fresh bread for our souls. Please, 
bring that to us today as we pray together. Now, after passing the showbread, the priest would come to the next station there, and that would be the altar of incense. Incense represents worship to the Lord. And in the artist's rendering there, you can see some incense uh, going up. Some of you grew up in Catholic church, and you remember that smell distinctly, right, of the incense at church. Others of you smoked weed in your room, and you remember the smell (laughs) of incense that you used to cover it up, (laughs) all right? And some of you went to Catholic church and smelled the incense, and then you felt guilty, and to take off the edge, you went home and smoked out, and then you burned more incense to smell it. But what it represents here in the Scripture It represents our worship that goes up to God. When we praise God, when we worship him, the Bible teaches us in the New Testament that it's like a fragrant aroma going up to him. And you know, I want my worship of God to be a fragrant aroma. I don't want to be, you know, el stinky. You know what I mean? I want it to be a fragrant aroma to God. You know, earlier when you guys were singing and lifting your hands and lifting up worship to God, it was like a fragrant aroma to him. He smells it like incense or uh, something that smells good, you know? So I thought it would be good for us to say some things out loud to God, his names that compliment him and speak of his greatness. So here's how we'll do this. I'll say the name of God, and then you will say uh, what's in parenthesis, the meaning of of that name. Are you ready? Here we go. El Elyon. Good. God, you are most high, by the way. There's no president or king or leader or rock star that's greater than you. And we submit to you because you're good. Adonai. Good. God, you are our master and you're a great leader. You're loving and kind, and we thank you for the opportunity to serve you. Jehovah Jireh. Lord, we acknowledge that you will provide for all of our needs. You've given us the ability to work, and we thank you for that. And we know that you're going to provide the money for our electric bills and for our food and all the other things that we need. Jehovah Rapha. God, we trust that you're our healer. We thank you for medicine that heals us, that you've granted us and given us, but we know that you heal our souls as we lean into you and spend time with you. And so we thank you for being our healer. Jehovah Shalom. Lord, you are our peace. We don't find peace in anything else. Lord, we find it in you. Jehovah Shema. God, we recognize that you're here among us in this room spiritually today. You're here. We're not talking into the air. And we thank you for being present with us today. Thank you for your presence. You see how you worship God? You just compliment him and praise him for his goodness and all his great attributes. Now, remember the progression, right? Started out where? Good, outer court. And then you go into, what's next? Holy place, good. And then ultimately you want to end up where? Holy of holies. Well, the priests would now be in the holy of holies and see what's called the mercy seat or the ark. 
Some of you have seen something similar to this. It looked just like the one on Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It would be these golden box with angels covering their eyes. Um, And this is where the priests would pray in the direct presence of God. And something interesting happened to the curtain or the veil that was between the holy place and the holy of holies when Jesus died on the cross. When Jesus was on the cross and he cried out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, the big veil, now when you think about this veil, don't think little sheer bridal veil, but you gotta think three feet worth of thick, heavy cloth that hung from the ceiling to the floor that created a maze by which the priest would walk from the holy place to the holy of holies. It tore from top to bottom and opened up. Now, what does that mean? Well, I'm gonna come back to that here in just a minute. But before I do, I wanted to tell you about a guy who deeply inspired me. He's college football's super fan, Tyler Trent. And Tyler suffered from a condition called osteosarcoma. It's a rare form of cancer that caused him to be terminally ill. Take a look at Tyler's story by way of video. Why does it mean so much to you to be there Saturday? It's just an opportunity for me to get back on the campus and then be with the people I love and the school I love. Oh. You think you've had a rough day, you have obstacles in your life. Think about the strength of this guy. I'm already working up a sweat. He is in hospice at home and wanted so desperately to be able to come here and, and be a part of this night. Yeah, all good. Hurry, get out of the way. You okay? Yeah, I'm good, totally good, 100% good. Absolutely awesome he's able to be here tonight and feel this support in person. I showed up in a Purdue, Purdue blazer. I wore this all the way to California. When Purdue made it to the bowl game, everyone thought I was crazy. When you've been through something like I have and been a part of the program like I have, it's, it becomes your life, so. Thanks for, seriously, thanks for coming up saying hi. I appreciate it, so. Morning space, burst to speed, a first down for Purdue, he's still going! Moore, touchback, touchdown! And that's intercepted! his way toward the Purdue locker room, and that was for Purdue to upset Ohio State and for him to be here to see it. Boiler up! Boilermakers rush the field. 
What a night in West Lafayette. Anytime. Your inspiration to us Thank you. I feel like I can do anything with, it. with all the strength you got, boss. I can do anything behind you, boss. You got it. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Gave me a lot of inspiration, man. This young man has been strong. Uh, his family's been strong. For him to even be here is remarkable. The guy never makes excuses. He never complains. He has a huge smile on his face every day. And that's really what being a Boilermaker is all about. Man, that's tough. So this young man who felt so broken got his wish. And he wasn't just in football terms, he wasn't just up in the bleachers like the outer court. And he wasn't just in the holy place like wheeled down onto the field. But Tyler got to go into the locker room, which in football world is like the holy of holies. I mean, that's the inner sanctum. He got to be with the players and coaches on a day that was so significant for him. He received his wish. Well, how do you think that happened? Why do you think that happened? Well, I'll show you in just a minute, but I think the answer lies in the next video you're going to see. See, Tyler's story didn't just end there, but he was honored at the college football award show where the Heisman Trophy was given out. Go ahead and take a look at Tyler's experience there. The luminaries of a sport that you love just stood for nearly a minute. The greatest players of this season, their coaching staffs, their families, their teammates. What did that moment mean to you? My mind, undeserving. Why do you say that over and over, undeserved? Why? Because, you know, a year ago, I prayed that I would have the opportunity to share my story. And now it's coming true. At the end of the day, there's, you know, always a light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, as long as you rely on your faith, um, uh, things, will, things will work out. If we might ask everyone who considers themselves to be on your team tonight to one more time stand up and show the support and love and courage to Tyler Trent. Tyler got to go into the locker room, the Holy of Holies in football, because he became a young man as a Christ follower who knew how to pray through, to break through. And he was honored in front of some of the greatest athletes in college football. Well, just a couple of weeks ago, less than two weeks ago, 
Tyler had the ultimate breakthrough of his life when his physical body died and his spirit went to heaven. And today he's in the presence of someone greater than all the greatest football players or greatest leaders or great men and women of all of history. He's in the presence of almighty God. Why? Because that temple veil was torn from top to bottom because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And you know what that means for you and I? That here in a minute as we come down and kneel and pray for the things that are on the stage or pray for the things that are in our hearts, we don't have to go through a pastor, priest, rabbi, or Jedi. We can go directly into the presence of Almighty God in our prayers. Is anybody on board with that? Yeah. And look, when you come down here and kneel and pray or when you pray in your private space, you can know that you're not up in the bleachers or in the outer court and you're not just in the holy place down on the football field, but you're in the locker room when you come to your good God because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. So let's stand together now and worship God as the band sings. Let's come literally kneel and pray as we're compelled to do so and pray for those things that we're asking God for during the 21 days. So, Father, that is our heart's desire, to know you more, to connect with you more. We've lifted up these requests to you, many, the deep things of their hearts and the deepest wounds of their hearts, and we lift them before you because you're a good God who cares. We trust you with these requests, and we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Well, you guys can go ahead and take a seat. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.